0: uh hello and welcome back to read this next with ruth and nicole uh it's been a long two months and now we're getting back into filming it uh but this week we're doing a topic Uh, that I really enjoy. Um, We're we're focusing on fiction with Greek mythology that either inspired it or it takes place during uh, ancient Greek times, Um, but mostly because, I don't know if you knew this Ruth, but Percy Jackson is being rebooted as a TV show.
1: I may have read the note.
0: (laughs) It's going to be good. I'm very excited. Did you see the movies when they came out? No, I didn't. They've been on my, like,
1: two-watch list, and now I'm like, maybe I'll just wait till my kid is bigger and watch them with him. That's fair. They
0: were uh, not great, to be completely honest. But perhaps that's also, like, why it was worth missing them. Yeah, the first one was, like, decent, but the second one was not good at all, in my opinion. So I'm I'm glad they're giving it a second shot with... uh, new actors new scripts and they're giving it like time and attention but anyways with that being said a lot of us are adults now that started reading percy jackson or if you're a teenager and you're looking for something new to read here's some other suggestions and i think i'm gonna kick us off with it sounds good (laughs) okay our first one is an orchestra of minorities by chigozi obioma yeah i think i nailed nailed that (laughs) Hmm. Um, so this is a contemporary twist on the Odyssey. actually quite a few of these are Odyssey uh, hmm. themed uh, and is narrated by the Chi or spirit of a young poultry farmer named Chinoso. Chi non so Ch- I think I said it Chinoso. His life is set off course when he sees a woman who's about to jump off a bridge. Horrified by her recklessness, he hurls two of his prize chickens off the bridge. The woman, Nadali is stopped in her tracks. Chinoso and Nadali fall in love, but she is from an educated and wealthy family. When her family objects to the union on the grounds that he is not her social equal, he sells most of his possessions to attend college in Cyprus. But when he arrives in Cyprus, he discovers that he's been utterly duped by the young Nigerian who has made the arrangements for him. Penniless, homeless, we watch as he gets further and further away from his dream and from home. Cool.
1: Interesting. And I mean, honestly, it's an interesting tie in too with like current events and what's happening in West Africa right now and people trying to leave and and trafficking issues, which I feel like this sort of alludes to with the young Nigerian who made the arrangements.
0: Yeah. 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 I I think this, I don't remember when this book came out, but it's not an old one for sure. It's certainly Um, very timely. Yeah. 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 It sounds good. Have you read the Odyssey? Yes.
1: Yeah. Like many of us, I had to read it in school. Yes. Found it much more enjoyable than the Iliad, but I believe my favorite is the Aeneid. Okay. Hot take. (laughs)
0: Love that. Like
1: the Roman one better than the Greeks. Fair enough. Um, Okay. So I'm up next with Orpheus Girl by Bryn Rebel Henry. Um. This is a debut novel by a poet, so that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Reimagining the myth of Orpheus as a love story between two teenage girls. Uh, abandoned by a single mother she never knew, 16-year-old Rhea, obsessed with ancient myths, here we go, tying it right in, <laughs> lives with her grandmother in a small conservative Texas town. For years, Rhea has been forced to hide her feelings for her best friend and true love, Sarah. When the two are outed, they are sent to Friendly Saviors, a re-education camp meant to fix them and make them heterosexual. Upon arrival, Rhea vows to assume the mythic role of Orpheus to escape Friendly Saviors and to return to the world of the living with her love, only becoming more determined after she, Sarah, and Friendly Saviors' other teen residents are subjected to abusive treatments by staff. In a haunting voice reminiscent of Sylvia Plath, with the contemporary lyricism of David Levithan, Bryn Rebel Henry weaves a powerful inversion of the Orpheus myth, informed by the real world truths of conversion therapy. Orpheus Girl is a mythic story of dysfunctional families, trauma, first love, heartbreak, and ultimately the fierce adolescent resilience that has the power to triumph over darkness and ignorance. Amazing. There is a content warning for this one. Mm-hmm. Fair warning um scenes that depict self-harm homophobia transphobia and violence against lgbtq
0: characters yeah based on the description that's not surprising not in the least yeah but it's uh i like i like that it's um a new spin on the orpheus tale Mm -hmm. and they're not just like it's another man and another woman it's just like whoever two teenage girls yeah it's taking it to a whole other level Yeah, and that one is a young adult novel. Uh, We do have it in our collection. Um, Yeah, I've only heard good things about it. Awesome. Thank you. This next one is called Gods Behaving Badly by Marie Phillips. Uh, Being a Greek god is not all it once was. Yes, the 12 gods of Olympus are alive and well in the 21st century, but they are crammed together in a London townhouse and none too happy about it. And they've had to get, uh, they've had to get Day Artemis. I'm thinking day jobs? Maybe. Oh, they've had to get Day Artemis as a dog walker, Apollo as a TV psychic, Aphrodite as a phone sex operator, and Dionysus as a DJ. That's pretty sick. Uh, Even more disturbingly, their powers are waning and even turning mortals into trees, a favorite pastime of Apollo's is sapping their vital reserves of strength. Soon, what begins as a minor squabble between Aphrodite and Apollo escalates into an epic battle of wills. Two perplexed humans, Alice and Neil, who are caught in the crossfire, must fear not only for their lives, but for the survival of humankind. Nothing less than a true act of heroism is needed. But can these two decidedly ordinary people replicate the feats of mythical heroes and save the world? I feel like I missed a line in there, but I I think I read it all, but I feel like I missed the fact that it said two perplexed humans. <laughs> yeah, like how did these humans show up? Yeah, you know, where, where are they? Go. Yeah, that'll be cool to find out. I
1: mean, maybe they met them through their jobs. Maybe. Also, I'm not, not sure about this whole day job thing. pretty sure that the phone sex operator is going to be more like financially viable at night.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think they're just, I wonder if day Artemis, they say like, Because isn't she associated with the moon? Like, is that what they're implying? I don't know. Either way. I I figured it was just
1: a a glitch in the description. Mm, That could be. That they had to get jobs. Um, But again, like DJ in the daytime, I think he was probably working at night. That's all I'm saying. Mm, Absolutely. very, like, interesting that they're around their roommates. Yeah. And... Working, like, okay jobs, but maybe not, like, the greatest
0: jobs, not the most godly jobs. No, definitely not. It's kind of, this feels like, like, that's what I liked about Percy Jackson was that it was the gods in real circumstances. I mean, they're still doing their thing, but I find that very cool. I like it. Very interesting, for sure. Okay,
1: so next up, we have Wait, the Myth of Apple. Atlas and Heracles by Jeanette Winterson. And so this sort of Oh, it's the foreword. It is the foreword. So mm. we're getting information specifically like we're hearing from Jeanette here. We're not getting a description.
0: Maybe I can get a description. Let me see what I can do. Yeah.
1: I mean, because it is fairly forwardy.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this from <laughs> Amazon.com. Okay.
1: okay. So here we are with Weight, The Myth of Atlas and Heracles by Jeanette Winterson. The Story of Atlas and Heracles. Atlas knows how it feels to carry the weight of the world, but why, he asks himself, does it have to be carried at all? It's a good question for everybody who worries, right? Mm-hmm. In Weight, visionary and inventive, yet completely believable and relevant to the questions we ask ourselves every day, Winterson's skill in turning the familiar on its head to show us a different truth is put to stunning effect. Interesting. So I don't have a great sense of the book mm-hmm. from this.
0: Um, this must have to do with the time where uh, Heracles or Hercules um, doesn't, isn't one of his tasks to lift, like take Atlas's place. So this must take place during that time. Most likely, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a cool idea. So finding cool idea, thin information, mm-hmm.
0: but, uh, you know, all we need is a tidbit to get us interested in reading books. Yeah, and if you're into Greek mythology, this is a good one. I mean, there's you're not going to see, I think maybe I put one popular or, like, title that I had already heard of on here, but if you're looking for or if you're into those books um there's one called circe there's one called Clymenestra. Clymenestra. and there's one called I mean, A- achilles is that the other one it might be yeah those ones are all very popular greek mythology so those are also available if you're interested but this list is for the people who have already read those i so, need to expand yeah This next one is The Silence of Girls by Pat Barker, and I loved the cover of this. It had a different cover um, when I originally put it on here, but this one's way better. Okay, and this was a series. So, the ancient city of Troy has withstood a decade under siege of the powerful Greek army, which continues to wage bloody war over a stolen woman, Helen. In the Greek camp, another woman, Bryoses, watches and waits for the war's outcome. She was queen of one of Troy's neighboring kingdom and kingdoms until Achilles, Greece's greatest warrior, sacked her city and murdered her husband and brothers. Bryces uh, becomes Achilles' concubine, a prize of battle, and must adjust quickly in order to survive, in order to survive a radically different life, as one of many conquered women who uh, served the Greek army. When Agamemnon, the brutal political leader of the Greek forces, demands Bryces for himself, she finds herself caught between the two most powerful of the Greeks. Achilles refuses to fight in protest, and the Greeks begin to lose ground on their Trojan opponents. Keenly observant and coolly unflinchingly about... Hmm... Of the daily horrors of war, Bryces finds herself in an unprecedented position, able to observe the two men driving the Greek army in what will become their final confrontation, deciding the fate of not only Briceys, uh, Brises- that's a mouthful, yeah. her people, but also the ancient world at large. Uh, and Bryces is not, is just, whew. It's a long description. Bryce is, is is just one among thousands of women living behind the scenes in this war. The slaves, the prostitutes, the nurses, the women who lay out the dead, all of them erased by history. With breathtaking historical detail and luminous prose, Pat Barker brings the teeming world of the Greek camp to life. Which is super cool, because I think when we think about Greek mythology, just like... Pat Barker and this description is saying it's always about Achilles, Odysseus, Ajax, all those people. Like it's never about the ladies. It's like, oh, Helen started the war. Now let's focus on Achilles and Agamemnon. Agamemnon it doesn't
1: matter.
0: <sighs> Disagree. Yeah, so this is a cool series. Um, I'm pretty sure each one follows a different woman through the Trojan War. I could be wrong, but um, it looks very interesting. And this next one that you're going to read, I don't know about you, but I love this myth. So I will let you get into it.
1: So this one is Psyche and Eros, or Eros, Eros, isn't it, by Luna McNamara, and actually we're we hadn't talked about cover art much in the beginning of this episode, which honestly probably means we aren't super in love with the covers. <laughs> this one, I love. Yeah. I think the the feather and the arrow, um, it's it manages even with like just a little bit of botanical illustration with those to look really lush.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: it's the use of color. Like it's, and it's, again, it's not like a lot of different colors. It's basically bronze, teal, and like red, purple. Yeah but it's enough to make this really gorgeous cover.
0: Totally agree.
1: So here we are. Uh, Who said true love is a myth? A prophecy claims that Psyche, princess of Mycenae, will defeat a monster feared even by the gods. Rebelling against her society's expectations for women, Psyche spends her youth mastering blade and bow, preparing to meet her destiny. When Psyche angers the love goddess Aphrodite, she sends Eros, God of Desire, to deliver a cruel curse. After eons of watching humanity twist his gifts, the last thing Eros wants is to become involved in the chaos of the mortal world. But when he pricks himself with the arrow intended for Psyche, Eros finds himself doomed to yearn for a woman who will be torn from him the moment their eyes meet. Stressful. Don't you, yeah, right? <laughs> Knowing that going in. Thrown together by fate, headstrong Psyche and world-weary Eros will face challenges greater than they could have ever imagined. And as the Trojan War begins and divine powers try to keep them apart, the pair must determine if the curse could become something more before it's too late. A joyous and subversive tale of gods, monsters, and the human heart and soul, Psyche and Eros dazzles the senses while exploring notions of trust, sacrifice, and what it truly means to be a hero. Wow. With unforgettably vivid characters, spellbinding prose, and delicious tension, Luna McNamara has crafted a shimmering and propulsive debut novel about a love so strong it defies the will of Olympus.
0: We love to see it. I'm, I like I said, I'm obsessed with Psyche and Eros um, retellings because it's just such a, like, there's, um I can't remember who wrote it now, but there's uh, one called are you, are you all? I think it's like Laura spelled backwards, essentially, but with an oh, O. Oh, yeah. And it's um, it was the same thing. Like, reading it, there's so many different ways that you can turn the myth. And it's uh, always bittersweet, and I like that. Yeah, very good. This next one, talk about gorgeous cover art. This one is <laughs> stunning. Uh, this is Threads That Bind by Kika Hatsopulu. Um in a world where the where the children of gods inherit their powers a descendant of the Greek fates must solve a series of impossible murders to save her sisters her soulmate and the city and in case you didn't get it this is a YA <laughs> <laughs> It's got strong YA vibes. I'm not going to lie. It does. Okay. Descendants of the Fates are always born in threes. One to weave, one to draw, and one to cut the threads that connect people to the things they love and to life itself. The Aura sisters are no exception. Io, the youngest, uses her fate-born abilities as a private investigator in the half-sunken city of Volanty but her latest job leads to a horrific discovery. Someone is abducting women, maiming their life threads, and setting the resulting wraiths loose in the city to kill. Oops, sorry, I kicked the cupboard. (laughs) It happened. Uh, To find the culprit, she must work alongside Eddie Runa, Eddie Runa, the right hand of the infamous mob queen cool, and the boy with whom she shares a fate thread, linking them as soulmates before they've even met. Hmm. But the investigation turns personal when Io's estranged older sister turns up, oldest sister turns up uh, on the arm of her best suspect amid unveiled secrets from her past and her growing feelings for edie i o must follow clues through the city 's darkest corners and earth a, and unearth a conspiracy that involves some of the city 's most powerful players interesting um i 'm very i 'm very curious if Edie is a um like, I don't know if this has LGBTQ rep, but it kind of is hinting that it might. Because if Edie is a girl, then her, the person that she has a soulmate connection with is mm-hmm. a boy and she's falling for a girl, which brings up interesting ideas uh, about soulmates. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it sounds very cool. I'm The fates are super interesting. Um, have you read any of these ones? No, I haven't. This was like a completely fresh list
1: for me right i recognize some of the covers um i'm definitely intrigued by some of them Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna say i feel like orpheus girl sounds super interesting i think it might be too heavy for me right now
0: yeah i think that one's written in in like prose Mm. it's poetry so it might be a quick read but yeah it sounds heavy It just sounds like it might,
1: like, slightly eviscerate me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Stopping. (laughs) You know, it can be rough. Yeah. It can be rough. (laughs) I was crying on the plane reading a book last, week before last. It's, you know what, It just got me in the field and I'm sitting there like, (laughs) let's just gently weep while we fly. Gently weep and hope that
0: nobody else is paying attention to me. I'm sure they weren't. You just, in your own world reading. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the last thing I'll mention is we have talked about some other books with Greek mythology before. I'm sure there's many. The only ones I could think of off the top of my head were Lore by Alexandria Bracken, I believe. Lore Olympus, which is a webtoon turned graphic novel, Hmm. um, which is a Persephone and... Hades retelling uh, and the Penelope by Margaret Atwood, which is the odyssey told from Penelope's perspective, which I loved super good. Have you read that one? No, I haven't. It's really good. It's short too. It's kind of nice. It's a fast read, but yeah, so that, uh, that wraps us up for, I guess this episode, unless you have anything to add. I don't think
1: I do. I mean, I remember reading all the myths when I was little, and I very strangely I decided I liked the Romans better than the Greeks. Interesting. That's my like Aeneid versus the Odyssey.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't I'm think, think I've coward. learned much about the differences, but I know there I know there are some. But I think they're relatively minor.
1: But it was for whatever reason, I just I really liked the Romans. So mm, that's cool. Leaned
0: into that. Yeah. Did you know actually before I wrap up? Um, apparently <laughs> the. I, oh, this is only a tiktok i saw so i have not verified this myself but apparently the top rated book on goodreads is the fourth book house of hades in the percy jackson series oh interesting yeah apparently it's just that good it has less ratings than other books but it's the highest rated so good to know yeah, but yeah that being Especially said with a
1: television series coming out exactly that's also, a lot. I think tv series like just if they have enough of a budget they do a better job of retelling books because they've got more time to do it in. Yeah. So, There's so much. Crossed, everything crossed. It'll turn out really well.
0: Yes. So, uh, I believe that's on Disney Plus. Um, but, anyways, that being said, thank you everybody for watching and listening. We will catch you in two weeks again. Uh, and yeah, uh, I've forgotten my wrap up uh oh show notes titles authors you can find them www.tbplofftheshelf.com and you can find us at tbpl on all social medias and yeah we'll see you in two weeks Bye. bye